The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. We have another special guest this week, and it is my little sister. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for joining. Hi. Of course. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So before we get started, um, Tanya, can you provide a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, any personal professional highlights that you want to share before we kind of get into this episode? Yes, of course. Okay, so my name is Tanya Dennis. I am Danielle's little sister. Um, I am an aspiring teacher. I've worked um, for the school district as a para. I am currently a stay-at-home mom, and I'm also the director of Children's Church Ministries at my church. I have a bachelor's in ministerial leadership, but my passion in my heart is really just to teach kids about Jesus. Yeah. And she's very good with children. And she's the mom of my nephew. If I've ever talked about my nephew on different episodes, then um, now you'll make the connection that Tanya is the one that gave birth to my nephew. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hope to have Tanya on the podcast um, on a later date just to you know, talk about how she supported me in my infertility journey. Um, if you haven't listened to episodes before, Tanya, I have spoken about you and how you really played a, a vital role in my support system mm-hmm. in our journey. Um, so I'll definitely, you know, want to have you back so that we can talk about that in depth. Um, but this episode, uh, I really wanted to um, break things up and talk about narcissism. Um, and just for the audience and our listeners, uh, I just wanted to give this reminder that the infertility podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life. Um, It's a place for encouragement. It's a place for, um, you know, having individuals on who can speak about past obstacles that they faced and motivating uh, individuals through personal stories. And so um, you'll see episodes that are not only about infertility, but just an overall, um, opportunity for people to come on and speak about their journeys, their difficult times, and how they um, have pushed through. So both Tanya and I um, have had encounters with narcissism, whether through um, friends, workplace, and what have you. And this episode is really what I wanted to focus just on that topic. So if you've been rocking with me for a while on the podcast, then you know I like to define things. I want to make sure that we're starting off on a you know, a clean slate. And so before I start the interview questions with Tanya, I want to give the definition of narcissism. And when you look at the definition, it talks about selfish selfishness. Um, it's involving a sense of entitlement, a lack of empathy, and a need for admiration. And it is characterized as a personality type. So Tanya, my first question to you is, what has what was your experience with narcissism and did you know it was narcissism at the time? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I was first, I want to say as far back as I can remember, like in childhood, I was dealing with 
narcissism. That's crazy to say that like, even at a young, young age, you could deal with this, but I had no idea what it was. I just figured it was like typical childhood drama, like bullying. Like I didn't think like, okay, I'm being abused by a narcissist. Like when you're a kid, you don't, you don't think like that, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't until, um, I really got into my twenties. I want to say, did I, I always knew something underlying was wrong, you know? And I, I was always like, okay, well I can fix this or I can help this person or like, but I, like deep in my heart I was I knew like something's not right mm-hmm. like there has to be there has to be an explanation for what I'm going through and it was like in each season like whether I was a child or going into my teenage years or going to my adolescent it was like a recurring thing and I'm like okay something's up yeah. so I definitely didn't know at at the beginning what was going on it really took me like just life experiences and and I want to say God just like telling me teaching me like hey this is what it is right love it yeah. um and and in different episodes i've talked about the kind of inner work that needs to take place mm-hmm. and oftentimes you know um we deal with childhood trauma or we deal with certain situations and um you got to kind of process those things and do the inner work that needs to take place to make sure that you are you know your most healthy you know mm-hmm. in your most healthy state so how did you approach the situation with dealing with narcissism and what were your kind of key takeaways from that situation okay um at first like i said since it since it started when i was young i had no idea what to do i'm like i thought it was just like drama or issues with other people so of course i'm like okay well let me keep fighting for this relationship let me let me keep giving more of my giving more of myself let me try to prove my point or let me love them harder you know like i i just was doing different things to kind of fight for people's approval or love Mm. who who in reality could care less for that you know people who are abusing you or using you or hurting you there's nothing you can do to fix that so after doing that for so many years in my life, I, I hit like rock bottom. I, I became like depressed. I, I, I've never like spoken to people about it. Like, Hey, I'm depressed, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I was like for, it took me, there are some situations in your life that are easier to go through. And then there's others where it's just like, wow, like it just knocks you off your feet. Mm -hmm. And I want to say I, it took me going through depression and, and being isolated and I, I just learned like, okay, who's truly for me and who isn't. And um, you said, what were the key takeaways? I would say for me, it was that no one has the power to destroy me. Mm. Like if someone, if that's someone's motive, Attention. yes, yeah, I have to look into myself and see what am I doing that's a that's allowing this person to to try to destroy me because no one has that power right um that was a key takeaway also that like my happiness and my joy it comes from god you know mm-hmm. i can't i can't allow people to to hurt me to the point where i'm like locked in my room depressed not wanting to deal with any anyone like that that's not healthy you know 
and really understanding like joy and happiness and how God gives that and, and no one can take it away from me. I love it. You know, joy is not tied to people, places, or things. Mm -hmm. It's a God-given gift. Definitely. And you said uh, a key word, which is um, isolation. And, and I feel like it ties into my next question of, you know, what are some red flags an individual can look out for um, to kind of identify narcissistic traits because you get to a point where you feel like am I the one going crazy yeah. you know um so and 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 isolation is a big um you know tool that the enemy uses you know um mm -hmm. so what are some of the red flags an individual can look for um to identify you know narcissistic traits okay um yeah I'm gonna just like go list them list them yeah i'm gonna yeah. list um just the main ones that i think you can look out for because i mean if we're talking about how to identify what a narcissist is um we could we could be talking all night you know <laughs> um, but i want to say that the main one is a lack of empathy mm. okay so narcissists lack that that's one of the most important traits like as a human being is to is to feel you know is, is to have empathy to be able to see someone hurting or struggling on the side of the road or you know someone who's struggling in your life a friend a family member and and you see that and you feel for them mm -hmm. you know um and that's that's one of the main ones like if if you're googling on your phone behaviors of people like or if you've ever characterized someone as heartless, this is a red flag. It's a huge red flag because that person lacks empathy. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're, if you're sitting in front of someone and you're crying and you're explaining to them what they've done to hurt you deep, deep inside, like you can't even wrap your mind around why they would do something so abusive. And they're just looking at you like, okay, like they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're looking at you. They're blaming you. Like, hey, it's your fault. I did this because this. Like, if we're talking about, like, narcissistic, to toxic men, like, they just cheat on you habitually, like, mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And it, they have no remorse. They don't feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, yeah. is, this is the main one. It's, it's a lack of empathy. It's like narcissists don't have a conscience. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to go in life and just live your life however you want if you don't have a conscience you don't think okay how what am i doing that's hurting this person mm -hmm. what you do does it impact someone else yeah yeah you're just you just you just live how you want but you don't think like along the way how many people that you've hurt or you've destroyed because you don't have empathy mm -hmm. so that's that's the main one to watch out for the next one is um narcissists operate out of ego Okay, they operate out of an inflated view of self mm -hmm. and they need that admiration in return. They need you to see that they're beautiful and awesome. Okay, it's called narcissist, narcissistic supply. Okay, so they think very highly of themselves. Okay, they, they have these fantasies like, you know, they're going to be the biggest, best in the world. Like, they don't see themselves as normal people like everyone else. Mm -hmm. They have this just inflated um, sense of self, okay? You can hear it in certain things they say 
or like certain things they do, they just think they're better than everyone else. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's an inflated sense of self. So, um, that ties into the next one, sense of entitlement. Okay. Okay. If I think that I'm better than everyone and I also don't have empathy, you are on this planet for me, right? I'm entitled. So you exist for me. So that's how I get my supply. So if, if this person is here to um, run me errands or this person is here to tell me that I'm beautiful all the time, like that's the type of people a narcissist needs in their circle. They all serve a purpose. If you don't serve a purpose, they don't need you anymore, <laughs> yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So they're just entitled. Um, entitlement is a big one because a lot of, like this generation doesn't see how like, entitlement is just it it's terrible because it's like you're entitled to everyone's time and attention and, and energy and it really robs you of gratefulness yes right like like being being grateful like this person did what they could to be there for me or help me you know and maybe in this season they're they're tired or maybe in this season they moved away you know but or they don't have the resources to help yes, in that particular yes. season yeah Exactly. But because you're so entitled, it you get enraged, you get upset. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you don't have empathy, you don't have that feeling to, to kind of feel where they're coming from. And then like your sense of entitlement, it's like, it's like, you're the best person in the world. Like, how could you not serve me? You know, so they all it's funny, because they all just tie into each other. Yes. So lack of empathy, inflated sense of ego, sense of entitlement the next one is um dr jekyll and mr hyde it's like um dr jekyll and mr hyde it um describes how their personality is right mm -hmm. so dr jekyll and mr hyde is just like they're they're one way basically like two-faced it's like in front of everyone they're one person but then behind closed doors they're a completely different person mm -hmm. or in in front of others they're one way and to you they're give they're abusing you with their um behavior exactly mm -hmm. so i'm glad you said that because a lot of the times when it's like a setup because if they're if everyone in the world thinks that they're the best person in the world and then you're the person that they choose to abuse no one's gonna believe you when you stand up and say something like they 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 groom everyone around them so that if you ever have the audacity to say, hey, this is my abuser, everyone's going to think you're crazy. Yep. They're going to be like, what? Like, well, that person didn't, doesn't abuse me. Like, that person is cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no one's going to believe that this person can be this way. And I just love, um, like, you know, my favorite shows like Law and Order SVU. Yes, mine too. And like all these like criminal shows because it shows a really good like visual of, of people who suffer this way because yes. you've got, you've got people who are like raping and you've got people who are just abusers and then they're like the top at their job. Yep. They are like doctors. They are well known in the community. They are servers. And then once someone comes out and says, um, you know, this person did this to me, no one's really going to believe them. Mm-hmm. Or people are going to blame them. Like, well, you shouldn't have worn that. Or you shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have done this. And 
it's just is victim blaming yes that is called victim blaming and it's so it causes so much trauma in the life of of the person who was abused no one at walks around saying hey abuse me like no one acts to be hurt in that way and then mm -hmm. on top of that to be not believed and to be blamed like it's it's so painful and it takes like years it takes so much recovery and help like if anyone's going through this i would say seek therapy mm -hmm. definitely pray and seek god but i mean like i would i would seek help because it's it's one of the most difficult things i want to say that i've ever had to endure in my life is is dealing with that mm -hmm. so dr jekyll mr H and mr hyde so they care they really care about what people think you know about them they they really um, they say a lot of people, not that taking care of your health and your body is bad, but usually narcissists, they, they like to look good on the outside. They like to be attractive, you know, everything about them that you could see, whether it's their social media, whether it's the way they dress, um, their hair, like they care about what other people see and how other people perceive them. Okay. Um, whereas behind closed doors, behind closed doors i don't mean like in their closet like behind closed doors like to the people that are closest to them like their friends and their family they could be a completely different person that's why they dr jekyll and mr hyde okay the next one is um they orchestrate smear campaigns yes okay? so um what's a smear campaign so like we said like if anyone decides to speak up against a narcissist or um narcissists don't want to be exposed they don't want people to know like this is who i really am a lot of times they don't they deep down inside they don't believe that they're that person they don't believe they're an abuser so because they have this inflated sense of self um they have just a big ego why would why would you come out and say that like i'm they they also do not want to be held accountable mm -hmm. they're perfect they don't do anything wrong God forbid you say like you hurt me. They they will not they will not be responsible for that. They will blame you or they will deny it or they'll be like, You're lying. I've never said that. They will deny your reality, causing you to feel like, okay, I'm going crazy because they did this, they said this, and now they're saying they didn't. It's it's so hard. So they orchestrate smear campaigns. What is a smear campaign? If anyone is man let me use politics because <laughs> you know how politics it's called campaigns right yes yes so i'm not going to like say anyone's name but just to give the example of when politicians run their campaigns they have to undermine and they have to literally destroy and annihilate the character of the next person yes to gain and then build themselves up and that's exactly what we're seeing right now in the midst of, <laughs> yes. of the season yes exactly so a smear campaign is when an abuser wants to come come out and speak up or say something and what the what the narcissist does is they pin people against the um the victim okay mm -hmm. so they're they tell this person oh like yeah she's she's crazy i don't know what she's going through she's so unstable she she abused me now now they play the victim like you did something to them and they basically turn people against you okay yeah. they don't they don't look for any random person they look for your support they go for those that are close to you that can help you to try to now 
manipulate them against you right right so i mean this is painful because like i've i've lost people who like you don't even get to explain your case you know mm-hmm. it's just like it's just like they hate you they've made up their mind yes and mm-hmm. and what that what the narcissist does is it's very strategic in their manipulation is because is is the way they turn them against you it's like you can't even plead like if 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 you're in the midst of a smear campaign like you just got to take take your losses like if if someone's manipulated against you that much that that they don't talk to you anymore or they're giving you the silent treatment because this is the way the narcissist now washes their hands and cleans their hands and they're no longer guilty of anything because now they have a crew who's going to hate you and abuse you mm-hmm. they don't have to do the dirty work anymore they've smeared they've dragged your name through the mud you know so it's like you're getting accused of things and you're seen in the light that it's like this is not me and that is not true and you just have to be at peace with accepting these people don't aren't for me mm-hmm. because if I, you're gonna believe what is not true about me and not come and like check you know mm-hmm. um verify then um you know I, I think you and i are both in the same mindset in in this sense and you can correct me if i'm wrong um you know Exodus 14, 14, I believe it says, you know, remain silent, be still, the Lord, your God is going to fight for you, you know what I mean? And um, I was ministering to someone who is going through um, pretty much like a custody battle um, right now and is being lied on and and going through all of this. um, And it's definitely an issue with um, narcissism. And, you know, as I was counseling her, I told her, I'm not saying that you will outlive this person but you will outlive the lie. And that is um, something that I live by is that, you know, you don't always have to plead your case. If people Mm -hmm. want to believe what they want to believe, if they want to go, you know, and and choose sides or what have you, let them. Mm -hmm. Um, That for me is God exposing and God showing you, you know, exactly what you said, who's for you and who's not. and and I'm I'm honestly um, so proud of you that you Aww. overcame this, um, you overcame this you know season, you overcame yes. this tough time because I think for a lot of us that deal with this, we don't know how to navigate through it. Yes, right. That's There's true. no help. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no yep. manual that says, "Hey, this is how you navigate through this. This exactly. is what you do." Um, you know. I, I think with different things that we go through in life, different traumas, it's like, okay, yeah, go through therapy. But like you said, a lot of the things that we go through, you may just put it like, oh, this is drama. This is just, you know, this person doesn't like me or, um, you know, this person doesn't like my ministry or what mm-hmm. have you. Um, and you just kind of categorize it. But it's really, in essence, trauma, you know. Yes, yes. Um, and I've seen you experience all of those things um, and overcome them. Thank you. Mm-hmm much you know what um what you said that verse that you said it brought me back to um i don't know if it was david or joseph but the, it was joseph so his it was one of them i'm sorry go ahead i'll tell <laughs> so you what it is <laughs> it's like um his brothers were jealous of him they threw joseph. him in a pit it was joseph okay mm-hmm. <laughs> but then i'm thinking like okay towards the end of the story 
when they were all, he became like second to king. You know, he was high up there. And over time, it's like his family, I don't know if there was a famine and they needed food. And his family came and he, they stood before him thinking, mm -hmm. he was, thinking he was dead. Mm -hmm. And now they're standing before him. And he is like in high authority. He's a king. He's one of the most important people. And I mean, what I'm, I can't even imagine what they were experiencing at that, at that time. Like no words. Right, right. Like just heart drop. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> heart drop. Yeah. And I, and I love what Joseph says. I, I, I'm hoping this, it's Joseph. I'm, I hope I'm it is Joseph. It. It okay. Is okay. <laughs> <laughs> when he says, um, what you meant for evil, God used for good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, through, through all that I've been through, I can truly and honestly say like whatever anyone did to hurt me, God used it for good. Yes. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not this bitter, angry person that wants to get you back. And you know, my, my heart is really to help people that are going through this. I'm, I'm not the type like, well, this is who they are and they're a bad person. Like, I don't have the energy for that. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. I'm not, I'm not gonna, you try to destroy me. I'm gonna go try to destroy you back. That's not who I am. No, and that's not you who know? I'm So it's be. really using this experience. Exactly. It's really just using this experience to help other people who are going through the same thing to show them that you can come out on the other side. Like, yes. God's got you. And I love the fact that you, um, brought in Joseph because that kind of leads me to the next question mm -hmm. of how you know narcissism is seen in the Bible you Definitely. know even though we don't see the word oh so such and such was a narcissist you can mm -hmm. see by their traits that they were um narcissists yeah. and the Pharisees were a great example yeah. of having yeah. narcissistic traits right <laughs> yeah. um and and it, it, even in line of having indirect and direct uh, attacks. Mm -hmm. So from a biblical um, perspective, can you talk a little bit about narcissism? Yes. So um, the Pharisees were basically this religious group who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Mm -hmm. They're like, you're not God. Like, we know who's who God's supposed to be and how he's supposed to come. And it definitely wasn't as a baby from some woman, you know, yes. <laughs> they want God to come out the sky because that would prove everything that they've taught. Um, and it just kind of brought them to shame. Like God came in a way that they did not expect. Right. As teachers of the law. And as these guys were so high and mighty, like for God to come as a baby. And then they're not even like made aware of it. Like, no, you're not God. So you already know these people have to have some issues. They're kind of disordered. If God in the flesh is standing right in front of you and you're going to tell him like, he's not God, like, yes. like you're not it. Good. Like you, like, are you serious? <laughs> like if I, what made them narcissists is that, their hearts were not right. 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 So like we said, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they were preaching one thing. They were like teachers of the law, but they were living another way. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was like, 
it was like just for like a facade. Like whenever they would pray, they would go on the corner and they'd be like praying so loud for everyone to hear them. And I love how Jesus turned everything like they did into a lesson. He's like saying, don't be like them. Like go into your closet and pray. Then the God who sees you in secret will bless you. You don't need Amen. to do all this for show. You know, that's the thing when you have that inflated sense of ego, you care about what people think. This is, this was the Pharisees, right? So, um, they, like you said, indirect. So when they would indirectly attack, it was like they were coming for the disciples or like they would like throw those like innuendos and like towards Jesus's way. And mm -hmm. Jesus, Jesus always had like these great comebacks because Jesus is not dumb and he wanted people to see like these people are wrong. Like they have a heart issue. He would always point it back to that. Um, so yeah, all, all like when you go back and see the verses, Jesus would say, you know, you know, they, they speak with their lips, but inside they are far from me. Mm -hmm. That's who he was talking about was the Pharisees. So, um, that, that's a great example is just like, you know, biblically, because they don't go out and say like narcissists, but I mean, it's all over scripture. Yeah, you can see it in the behavior, definitely. Um, also, one thing that I love about what you're doing, you took a very um, painful time in your life and turned it into something purposeful. Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted you to talk about, um, you know, the page that you have on social media that does a really good job of educating others about narcissism. Yes. Okay. So um, the page is called um, Narco. Hold on. Let me look it up so I don't get it wrong. Um, it's Narco, N-A-R-C-O, Path, P-A-T-H. And then underscore healing. So narcopath underscore healing. And that's just the Instagram that I just use to like post information so people can like read and understand. Especially for me when I was going through these things and I had no idea. It really helped like doing research mm -hmm. to understand, okay, this is what I went through and now this is how I can overcome. You know, this is how I can deal with it. So narcopath underscore healing um, and also thrive her. So like thriver, um, but the word thrive and then her, H-E-R underscore. Mm -hmm. So it's all one word and then underscore. Awesome. 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 Um, so what are some tips that you can offer someone who is dealing with a narcissist? <laughs> Um, what I would say is there's this great quote that I love that I've heard. And it says, the only way to win with a toxic person is not to play. Wow. Okay. So yeah, don't, don't give in to like the arguments back and forth, the, the big paragraph texting. Oh my God. I can see myself like as a teenager, <laughs> like going back with people, like, through text and then but like just this big drama, like take yourself out, take yourself out of that situation because you will become exhausted and it's really, you have to understand like you have a purpose in life. Yes. It's not this. You have to like let your pride down sometimes and just rise above all of the mess. And you'll realize that there's a lot of peace and there's a lot of grace and there's a lot of happiness on the other side. Like, 
don't give in. Like you can't win one way or the other with a toxic person. The only way to win is by not playing. Take yourself wow. out of the game. Yep, take yourself out of the equation. I love it. So any last words before we close um, that you want to say to the listeners? Of course. Um, I like how you said inner work in the beginning because I used to like sit and ask God, like, why me? Like, why am I going through this type of stuff? And there's like so much healing and inner work that I've done on my, for myself um, that I probably would not have have been able to do had I not been through the experiences that I've been through. Mm -hmm. So it's just really taking like a negative thing and making it a positive and understanding that God gives us the tools that we need to heal. Yes. It says by his stripes, we are healed. Mm -hmm. whether, that's, whether that's emotionally, whether that's healing from sickness, what, like whether that's healing from certain mindsets, you can, God gives us the tools that we need to heal and be and be well. So I'm, I'm grateful for all that I've gone through because it's just made me a better person. Definitely. Definitely. How can we um, remain connected with you? Okay. Um, I have a Facebook <laughs> and I have an Instagram. You can follow me on my Instagram. Um, it's charisma. So C H A R I S M A charisma underscore faith. That's my Instagram. I would say that's the best way for people to reach out. Perfect. 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 So thank you so much for being on this episode. I definitely will have you back as a reoccurring guest. There's a few people that have become reoccurring guests on this podcast. Um, so we can definitely put you on the category of a reoccurring guest. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to be part of this episode. Yes, thank you for having me. My pleasure. And thank you everyone for tuning in to this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.